Thank you for joining us on Take 10. We come to you every week with 10 minutes of conversation about an issue that affects all of us in one way or another, often with a mental health relationship. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Carol Zerniel, is here. And on the Take 10 hotline from Florida, Dr. Jamie Heisman joins us. He is a a psychologist who has spent a whole lot of time helping folks with issues in addiction as well as caregiving. And we're delighted to have all of you here with us today. I read an article in the New York Times which uh, touched on something that uh, I don't know a lot of us have really thought about, solving problems while we sleep. Dr. Jamie, what do you think? You know, Ron, it's a wonderful sort of topic, and you couldn't have found a better person to come on your show, not as an expert from the subject matter expert of professionalisms and CEUs and teaching your audience much, but as a patient, how's that? Because boomers and seniors, and I definitely line up in that category, have a disproportionate, challenging time with sleep. So let me get to your question, and maybe we can also get to drill down around the sleep issue. Yes, you can find innovative things when you go into restful, restorative sleep. And yes, dreams, according to Carl Jung and Freud, will project from you some powerful, powerful energy, archetypal energy. So do I think that you can have vision and innovation if you have good restorative sleep? The answer is yes. However, I'd love to find that day one day. How's that? (laughs) Well, I'm curious. You talked about... um finding solutions. So what does that, what does that look like in a dream? I'm one of those people that has multi, you know, technicolor, humongous movie screen dreams. Um, and, and I'm just curious, what, what does it look like? When, how, how do I know I'm problem solving? Do, do I recognize it or is it like in hidden in the, um, let's see, the other night uh, I was at some kind of a, a camp, a summer camp. Don't ask me why I didn't go to summer camp as a kid. Go with that feeling because my daughter is going this summer. So tell me what your innovation was out of that. One. No, I'm, I'm wondering, how would I, how do I, how do I recognize <laughs> it? I mean, is it, did I let solve me, a problem? Yeah. Let me address that for you just for a brief moment. And this powerful sort of thing. I know that people think of what we do is voodoo sometimes chicken bones and Santeria, but Freud and Jung were behavioral scientists. That's for sure. And the dream work really lined up in the Carl Jung world more so than Freud. And he had the concept of archetypal energy. I don't want to get too deep for the audience because it is psychobabble. But at the end of the day, if you look at Jungian interpretation of dreams, everything in your dream is a projection of you. So whether it's a boat, let's say, that's on the water, that's that's rocking back and forth or sinking, or even the ocean that it's sinking into, every sort of symbol in that dream is projecting from some situation or something inside of you. And so to your question, you can do one of two things. You can really read up on Carl Jung and powerful dream interpretation, which is very cool. And he'll give you the symbols and whatnot. You can, um, or you can start diagnosing your own dreams with a good Jungian therapist. And I'm sure that they're plentiful there in Texas. And uh, you can sit with them on some of these dreams and help tease it out. So I give it to Carl Jung, and then I give it to you to kind of figure it out, um, how to take those projected energies from you and, and turn it into a clarity and a solution. See, one of the things the uh, Times article talked about, uh, if you've got a decision uh, that you have to make, you've got a, a variety of options. Mm-hmm. One of the things we've been taught is uh, do a list of the pros and cons. But rather than do that, uh, the suggestion was go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And as you sleep, 
you will work out what that decision should be. And when you wake up, light goes on, bam, you made a choice. Great. Let, let me jump in there and then let you take it, Carol, from here, because Ron brings, brings up another point, not about sleep, because sleep is is a wonderful restorative sort of vessel that we would need to be mindful of. And I haven't done a great amount uh, because a lot of things that feed into poor sleep, complex post-traumatic stress are childhood things that we haven't resolved, things that go bump in the night, right? Ghosts and goblins that in our lives or kids or families, the, the stress might keep us up, right? So it's good to go try to figure out how to resolve those things, whether it's trauma reduction, whether it's the therapist, breath work, you know, four, seven, eight works before. But to Ron's point, and I have a harder time with this, of course, if you actually are able to have restorative sleep, if you are able to monitor your sleep patterns, if you have a, a bank account, we call a sleep bank account, that's not in deficit, meaning you've taken the six, seven hours a day, you haven't lost too much. There is little doubt that you will wake up with much more clarity, much more ability to synthesize thoughts and a much greater uh, vision to, uh, thing to have a vision around and be much more focus. So look at the physiological, I think, instead of the Carl Jung interpretive piece and start there. Yeah, I think you bring up a very good point that we've actually talked about in the past, and it's the power of sleep and what you talked about, focus, uh, clarity. When we're tired, we know what that muddled, foggy brain feeling is, which is so tired. Um, And I don't think we always recognize how much better our brains are functioning because especially for caregivers, the sleep deprivation um, is so chronic that those days are, are few and far between. Absolutely. They're fogged out, no doubt. And believe me, as you lose sleep over time, it, as I said, it builds up in your, it's harder. It's, you know, I've been the sleep specialist. It's very hard to replenish that bank account. So you have to be very mindful. We're all walking around a sleep deficit. Caregivers themselves are really the most affected because they're least likely to take care of themselves and realize that restorative sleep allows them to feel, like you said, 10 times better, to give them that non-foggy thought process, the ability to be clear, to be able to make a decision in the moment for their loved one. When you don't have sleep, and I'm the first to tell you, uh, you will be uh, defocused. You will not come up with solutions, and you will not have the resilience necessary to take care of your loved one and yourself. Let me take a moment and... uh... For those who've just joined us, you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host Carol Zerniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman. We're talking about sleep and solving problems while we sleep, whether that works for you or not. Uh, You mentioned, Jamie, that as people get older, uh, perhaps they need less sleep or have difficulty going to sleep. Is that pretty common? I think so, for sure. I think we get complicated sort of aging processes here. Obviously, if you can take care of yourself along the way, and we've talked about this all the time in the show, if you can put stuff into your emotional bank account, resiliency, take care of yourself when you're not in crisis, take care of yourself before or during the aging process, you'll do a lot better. However, if you don't resolve issues and then things like caregiving hits you or something hits you with two by four anxiety and depression, then you have nothing in your bank account, especially that sleep deficit bank account, um, you're going to be hit hard. So as we age, we do gain a lot of issues. We have a lot more losses. We're worried more about our acute health. Our mental health is unfortunately not a focus. Obviously, COVID has done a lot to change that, but it's still been that. So I do think the aging process, we accumulate non-resolved or unresolved issues. Um, A lot more issues keep us awake and go bump in the night. Well, one of the things I heard you say, Ron, was 
think, you know, take the problem with you when you go to sleep. Um, is there something to going to sleep, you know, with that on your mind, you know, sort of that, you know, that, that in between sleep stage where we're kind of dreaming, but not dreaming and we're thinking about things. Is, is that a good time to, to let your brain sort of permeate with the problem? That lucid dreaming? Yeah, doc, just so you know, Dr. Ron always comes up with the right answer. Forget Freud and Jung, because you, Carol, you're spot on. But, you know, Ron is right. If you actually keep that type of sleep journal, keep these issues in the consciousness. Of course, sleep journal should help us sleep better and gain better sleep hygiene. But to Ron's point, if you keep that in your consciousness, write it down. And every day, even if the answer doesn't avail itself to you, and you keep writing it down, believe me, those insights probably in that restorative state will come to you. So Dr. Ron, Aaron, you, you should open up your practice and see everybody who's listening today. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Having a license might help. Well, maybe, maybe not. I've seen maybe. people with licenses, not half the insight you have. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, what do you recommend for those who are not sleeping? Immediately go to the internet if you can. Certainly go to your primary care doctor and tell them that and get a sleep specialist as a primary. But look at your sleep hygiene. Make sure you're doing exactly the one, two, three, four, five to be able to sleep better. And that includes digital, uh, digital things, cell phones, TV, an hour before, calmness, meditation. Put together your plan of action and then you'll be a lot okay. more successful. Stop you right there. Thank you. Take 10. Dr. Jamie Heisman, Carol Zernial. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll catch you again next week on Take 10.